Hey, from New Jersey, it's the SNL Nerds, the show where two comics from New Jersey nerd out about Saturday Night Live. I'm your co-host, John Trumbull. And I'm your co-host, Darren Patterson. Hey, Darren. How's it going? Going good, going good. Uh, January is usually a pretty, uh, pretty, usually pretty uneventful month, I'd say. It's usually yeah. Pretty, you know, everybody's coming down off the crazy highs of Christmas and New Year's and, you know, settling into the, the doldrums of winter. Yeah, yeah. Letting that, letting that seasonal affective disorder just take hold of you. Yes, exactly. Just... Just stare, just stare into space out the window as the, as the dark, cloudy clouds uh, soar by, and you just it's, wonder where your life yeah. is going. I, I look at the sky. I'm just like, it's pitch black. What is it? Midnight? Is it? Is it two a.m.? And then I look at my clock, and I'm like, oh no, it's six p.m. That's <laughs> yeah. just what's happening now. Oh, time has caught up to my soul. Yeah, but the, but the days are getting longer. So, they are. They yay. are. Yay! More darkness. <laughs> Earlier on, hot, hot damn. Well, no, no. I mean, the sun is setting a little later. Is what I mean. So a little oh. less darkness. Oh right. I forget. I don't. I forget how darkness works. That's sometimes. how it works. Okay. That's how it works. Okay. Fine. Fine. Fine enough. <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah, SNL is still off. It's not uh, back yet. It is coming back, as we learned. Yes, they, uh, they did not cancel the show, which is good yeah. news for our podcast. Yeah, or else we'd be we'd be up Shit's Creek, man. Oof. Well, I, we could just keep on watching movies starring SNL people. We would run out of those for a long, long time, honestly. Oh, yeah, that's right. We could do that. Yay, the podcast is saved. Yay! Hooray! <laughs> Hot dog. And, and uh, you know, that's what we're doing this week. That's right, we are. We're doing we the are. movie. Uh, this is your choice, I believe. You just you tried mm-hmm. to pick this gem out. Um, I suggested this one. This was uh, we're doing the the movie yesterday from 2019. It was written by Richard Curtis, directed by Danny Boyle, and Kate McKinnon has a supporting role in it. Uh, yeah. Uh, yesterday came out. When was it come out? Oh, June 28th, 2019. Had mm-hmm. a budget between 26 to 41 mil. Made 154 mil. Not oh, wow. Shabby. That did pretty well for itself. Not too shabby. Uh, yeah, I remember this movie came out, and like, even though I'm a huge uh, Beatles fan, for some reason, I I just, I don't know, I, just something about it, I was just like, no, nah, I don't think I need to see that. I, I was up for seeing it, but it was one of those movies I just never got around to, but it looked intriguing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I, I kind of had it on my list, and uh, yeah, I didn't... Uh, I didn't. I, I. I. I never watched it on streaming or anything. Uh, so uh, this was my first time around with it. I borrowed it from my local library. Oh, I did the same. Yes, and uh, just watch it today. Just watch it maybe a half hour ago. Okay. Well, so here, let's get into this. Like, um, what made you be sort of interested in this film? <laughs> like, is it? Uh, no, I, I'm making this. I'm making it sound like I'm about to trash this film. I. I, I yeah. liked it. I liked it. Just. Uh huh. But um, was it because you're a huge Beatles fan, or were you? Or, I mean, I, I assume at some point everybody's a fan of the Beatles. Like, I yeah, I mean, I I like the Beatles. The Beatles are cool. They, I mean, it's it's kind of a radical stance, but I think they did some good tunes. Wow. Yeah. Hot take, Johnny. Yeah. Hot chick. Hot take. Trumbull. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the premise of this movie: it's a guy who 
he just he, he gets into a car accident or well he's he's riding his bike and he gets hit by a bus and it's during this worldwide blackout they never really explain what the deal is with the worldwide blackout but everywhere in the world loses power for like 16 seconds i think they said it was yeah it's very strange uh it's like you said the the lead guy is this guy named jack who's played by uh Himesh Patel, who mm-hmm. I didn't really recognize at the time. It seems like he's gone on to do a few other things. He was in uh, Don't Look Up, the um, oh. the film by uh, Anna Bacay, and uh, you know, spoiler, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how much of a spoiler it is, but he's in the new uh, Enola Holmes movie, the Millie oh, Bobby okay. Brown film. Yes, he plays uh, Doctor Watson, actually. Um, oh well, that's that's different. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's a radical imagining. That, uh, that is that is and uh yeah yeah so uh jack is this you know struggling artist uh you know he's a musician plays on mm-hmm. street corners plays yeah. in coffee shops to uh many indifferent audiences which uh as, as we can uh, identify with oh yes oh yes that's yeah. the that was the most i, I could identify with him we we're just like you're pouring your heart and soul out into your art and people could really care less like, yeah, because they're like we we just came here to drink. Yeah, we didn't even know this was going on. Yeah, and <laughs> us, we wouldn't have it going on. Put the game on. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of that. It's a lot of that. Oh, book us for your bar shows, people. <laughs> yes, and uh, yeah. So Jack is a struggling artist trying to get by, and uh, his manager is his longtime friend uh, Ellie, played by uh, Lily James. Mm-hmm. Who I wasn't too familiar with either, but then I saw that she was uh, she had done a few things. Uh, she was in uh, Mamma Mia. She was uh, what else was she in? Uh, she was one of those people who's like just kind of vaguely familiar to me. I think I've I've seen her in something before, but I couldn't tell you what offhand. Yeah, like uh, oh, I'm looking it up now. She, she was in a uh, Baby Driver. She played uh, Deborah. Okay, and, and uh, she was oh wow. She was most recently uh, had a bit of a career bump she played uh pamela anderson lee in the pam and tommy uh hulu series oh that was her you know i haven't gotten around to watching that that was another thing i wanted to watch um and when i watched the trailers for that i was amazed at how how much they were able to make her look like pamela anderson yeah like they really put on i I think even she said there was like a lot of prosthetics involved and Uh and makeup but yeah at the end of it it's it's pretty uncanny. It's yeah. It's eerie. Yeah. Wow. Because like, like looking at her in this movie, you wouldn't think, oh yeah, that's that's who should play Pamela Anderson. <laughs> but wow. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. No. Yeah. And actually, somebody else I didn't even realize was in this film until I looked it up in uh, IMDb. But uh, one of so one of their friends that always comes out to support to support them uh, is uh, this this woman Carol, played by uh, Sophia Sophia DiMartino. Which, if you watch Loki, you know that's uh, Sylvie. Oh. So, so she's in this uh, movie as well. So lots of people we are aware of in this movie. Yeah. And so, also uh, Kate McKinnon. And Kate McKinnon. <laughs> and Kate uh, McKinnon yeah. Which was the, the reason we're watching the movie to begin with. Absolutely. I, I did well, see her pop up in the trailers, and I was like, oh, hey, cool, Kate McKinnon's in it. Yay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll say her and the Beatles, too, because I, I love me some Beatles. I'm a yes. big old yeah. Beatles head. I think there was like... And, I think I'm one of those guys who didn't discover the Beatles until kind of late. Like I knew about the Beatles and their music when I was a kid. Like I'd hear, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, uh, for no one on the radio or uh, in my life or Michelle. 
I was like, oh, that's a pretty song. But then mm-hmm. I, I didn't really get into it until like college when I listened, when I really sat down and listened to uh, Sergeant Pepper and uh, Revolver. I think it was because like I, at the time I was really into Beck. Like I really <laughs> like the uh, the old layout. My really, it really kind of broke my mind. And then when I listened to Revolver and I listened to that last song, uh, Tomorrow Never Knows, I was like, oh shit, this sounds like Beck. What the? Mm. <laughs> Did Beck just take like, wow. This was before Beck? Huh, who are these Beatles guys? <laughs> and then I just... I gotta find out more about these guys. Yeah, it's one of those things like where like a modern artist can like take you back to a, they're, they're, like the artist that inspired them and then you get into that artist. Yeah, I mean, well, that's the great thing about music is it it will lead... Like, discovering one band will lead you to other bands, like either through their collaboration or... It's it's a band that influenced them or or whatever and yeah and that's really cool. Yeah, like uh like another thing that happened is like like uh, back in high school my sister was really into the band Hole like she loved Hole she loved Courtney mm-hmm. Love she was like oh she's the coolest and uh, she would watch all her interviews and I think at one interview she watched uh, her Courtney Love talk about how much she loves Stevie Nicks and was like oh my god mm. Stevie Nicks is amazing and then my sister was like oh who's this Stevie Nicks person my my hero keeps mentioning. I should go look her up. And now, you know, now my sister's totally into Stevie Nicks and Fleetwood Mac. So it, uh, cool. You know, that's a little pay it forward. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's the magic of music, people. Yep, 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 yep. So, uh, so in this movie, after Jack has his accident, and you know, it's a pretty serious accident. He he ends up in the hospital, loses a couple of his front teeth. Yikes! Uh, and then he wakes up, and shortly after, he discovers, you know, after after he's recovered. He discovers that he is the only person who remembers the Beatles and their songs. He starts. He discovers this when he starts playing the song "Yesterday" uh, to some of his friends, and they're like, "Oh, well, that's that's a really pretty song. When did you write that?" And he's like, "What are you joking? That's yeah. the Beatles. They did that." And they're like, "Oh, who were the Beatles?" Yeah, and, and then he thinks like, "Oh, you're you're making fun of me. You're having a laugh." And, yeah. you know, cause, you know, it's one of those things that everybody, of course, knows the Beatles. And yeah, uh, yeah it turns out he he rushed. He goes home that night. He Googles Beatles. Nothing comes up. He Except, goes, you know, the, the animal. Yeah. Like he goes through his uh, his record collection. He can't find any of his Beatle records. I, th- there was this one joke that they put in that I did like where mm-hmm. he, he was looking up other bands like uh, Rolling Stones. Yeah. They exist. Yeah. And then he looked up the band Oasis. And they don't exist. And he's like, right. all right, yeah. He's like, yeah, that makes sense, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that tracks. That yeah. tracks. Um, Hilarious. You know, there, there was there was something I saw on the IMDb trivia. Uh, let me let me see if I can find it because uh, it was it was saying that in Jack's room he has a poster for the Killers up. Yes, uh, but the Killers were formed when. Uh, their lead singer went to an Oasis show. So if Oasis mm. didn't exist, then possibly the killers would not exist. Oh, butterfly effect. Butterfly effect. Yeah. But he, he also discovers other weird things that are different in this reality is like, there are no cigarettes. Yeah. Um, uh, no Coca-Cola. No Coca-Cola. Those are both very random things. And at one point, they refer to uh, a show called Thursday Night Live. Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> I, was, I was like, whoa, okay. I had no idea this was in this movie, but hey, there's another little SNL connection. 
yeah, we, yeah. As soon as, they, as soon as they said that, I was like, yes, another SNL connection. It's, yeah, it's be- this belongs on the podcast. This episode. It's re- it, it was really weird, um, but yeah, because for the most part, pop culture is the same. It's not. It's not too different for the Beatles not existing. Yeah, like every like other artists exist. Everything is the same except for those few things, and that yeah, it's, it's never explained why that is. It just is. No, yeah, they never explain why the blackout they never explain why that removed the beatles from history they never explain why he's the only one who remembers it's it's just what they do it's just magic yeah and you just you just have to go with it yeah so since he's a struggling musician he he decides to start writing the beatles songs himself yeah i mean it's uh it's a pretty uh crafty game he's playing here but you figure but yeah, and like he becomes he becomes a super successful musician guy. Yeah, but like it starts with him like really trying to remember all the words to all the Beatles songs yeah. he can. And like of course he can't remember all the words to Eleanor Rigby, which right. like I thought, well, I've heard that song a hundred times. Like if you asked me to write down the words, I don't know if I'd be able to do it. So it's one of those hmm. Yeah, that would it's, it's an interesting challenge, yeah, because some you would naturally be fuzzy on. Like, the ones you've listened to the most, you would do okay with, and the ones that you haven't, you would be like, oh, how's that go again? Yeah, I'd be like, ah. Oh. Like, some I would, I would pretty sure I, I could get most of them. If something, like a deeper cut, like, you know, Hey Bulldog or whatever, I'd be like, yikes, this might oh, be. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's kind of funky that he also, he writes them in just sort of a random order, too. Yeah, there's no, like, ascension. Like, it's not, it's not like, you know, the Beatles, Beatles earlier stuff, then their trippier, hippier stuff, and then their more bluesier stuff. It's all, it's all like a hodgepodge or whatever he remembers. He goes from... Right, I mean, you know, he, he does, like, you know, She Loves You, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he also does like the long and winding road, not after. <laughs> it's like, well, those are like you know two very different Beatles <laughs> there. Yeah, those are... like, but everyone all like pretty much immediately recognizes the brilliance of all these songs, and and they they all become hits basically. Yeah, because like basically um, he plays these songs for his, you know, friend slash manager uh, Ellie, and she thinks they're brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've, I did notice sometimes, like, I think early on, which I thought was cool, like he would play the songs in like a coffee shop or, you know, a gig he would get at a chill, a, a kid's birthday party. And yeah. like, even though he's playing these songs that would like change the world, people are still like, yeah, well, I don't know, whatever. That's yeah, like indifferent yeah. to it. Like the scene where he's trying to play, let it be for his parents. And oh, like, yeah, that, t- that was, that was funny. It was cute. I mean, they keep. They keep interrupting, like somebody's phone goes off, somebody's at the door, yeah. and then like they let somebody in, and then he's trying to play Let It Be, and then his, his dad's like, oh, so how are you doing then? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> no, Jack. Like... Yeah, like, oh, Jack's trying to do his song. Uh, what's it called? Leave Him Be? <laughs> yeah. No, Let It Be. Ma! Yeah. So, I mean, that, that was cute, uh, I thought. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, then he goes on to uh, he meet he hooks up with somebody uh, named Gavin who can you know uh, connect them to the, like the recording studio to record a song because he thinks the songs are are brilliant right. as they say in the yeah. UK. 
So uh, they record the songs. They put them online. Um, he gets a spot on public access TV playing the songs. And again, it's like a thing where he's, he's playing this beautiful Beatles song that changed the world. And people are like, oh, that's very pretty. Yeah, it's very yeah. nice. All right, next up. And it's just it's yeah, so weird. Yeah. And he, he 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 plays the song on public TV, and then just a little while later, Ed Sheeran, the Ed Sheeran playing himself in the movie, comes to his door like one night, and he's like, hey, my opening act dropped out. Can you come in and be my opening act? It starts Tuesday. Yep. <laughs> Showbiz. <laughs> Which yeah, that's that's how that works. Because uh, like, well, before before he comes to his house, though, Ed Sheeran tries calling him, but Jack assumes like, oh, yeah. this is somebody playing a joke on me. Someone, someone's yeah. playing a prank on me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, folks. You're gonna get a lot of British uh, accents here from from me. I, I just like doing it. It's fun. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, also, that's another thing. I didn't know how he, Ed Sheeran got his address. Did they explain that? Uh, Ed Sheeran has ways. Okay. Ed Sheeran, Ed Sheeran has his ears to the streets. I mean, he knows people. He has people, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I did. I wasn't really questioning that. I, this, I was okay. more questioning Ed Sheeran coming to the house himself, but. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it, it's a movie. It's fun. Yeah. Like you think, oh, maybe he'd have people he could send. Yeah. Since he yeah. is a successful artist, but he's like, no. Yeah. I'm gonna go. And over he's there. gearing up for a big tour. Yeah, yeah. Like you should be like practicing and shit. What the fuck? <laughs> you should, you should, you know, be maybe be resting up. <laughs> I'm just thinking maybe Ed Sheeran would have other demands on his time when he's going on tour in less than a week. Yeah, it's like, nah, I'm gonna go over there in person. Personal yeah. touch. <laughs> All right. Oh, Ed Sheeran. We love you. Uh, whatever. I mean, it's it's fun that they got a real musician to be in the movie. And apparently it was going to be, it was originally written to be Chris Martin from Coldplay. Ooh. But uh, Chris Martin could not do it due to scheduling conflicts. So they oh. cheering. Oh, that might be why they include that little Coldplay joke in there. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. when um, he first played yesterday on the guitar in front of his friends, it's like, oh, yeah. it's a very nice song. And uh, but Ellie was like very moved by it. it's like it's a beautiful song. What are you talking about? Yeah. And I think uh, her, their friend Carol was like, "It's nice, but you know, it's no uh, Coldplay fix you." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fix you. Uh, the song was everywhere back in the so, day. Yeah. So so then he goes he he goes and opens up for Ed Sheeran. He debuts the song back in the USSR mm-hmm. because they're in Russia. <laughs> Right, right. And he's like, oh, yeah, I just wrote this on the on the three-hour plane ride over. Right. <laughs> yeah, because so he's really, you know, uh, making himself look like this, you know, just savant. This, yeah, uh, this, this, this musical prodigy. Uh, yeah, even at one point, Ed Sheeran says, oh, you're like Mozart, I'm like Salieri. Yeah, yeah. And then after the show, Ed Sheeran says, like, okay, I'm going to go out of the room we're going to both take 10 minutes and we'll each try to write a song in that time. And it can't be anything you've had in your back pocket that you've been working on. You just have to write a new song from scratch. Right. And Ed Sheeran comes out and he, he plays, you know, a nice Ed Sheeran song. I didn't know it offhand. Um, I don't know if he wrote a new song for the movie or not. I don't know his material quite well enough. Okay. Um, 
and then and then Jack writes the long and winding road, <laughs> which blows everyone away. Yeah, I've seen that road before. Yeah, always leads to your door. And it's it's like it's so good that Ed Sheeran is just like, okay, well, you obviously wrote the better song. Uh, someone here should shag him while you still have a chance. Yeah, he's genuinely bummed out. <laughs> like, he, he's, he's bummed out because he's just his song is so obviously so much better. Yeah, he's like, oh, all right, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go upstairs. I was like, oh my god, is, is Ed Sheeran gonna like? I don't want to say kill himself, but I don't. Is he gonna do some drastic? <laughs> is he gonna do some self harm? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Somebody should go with him. Yeah, he's he's not okay. I don't think Ed Sheeran should be alone right now. He's, he needs a hug, man. A hug. He's having a rough night. Right. And actually, I was that was another thing. We can go back to the content where he's playing black, back in the USSR. We yeah. see like the audience loves it. Everybody is going crazy. But there's one like guy in the audience, like really kind of staring at him like amazed staring him down yeah, yeah yeah and it's like and then even after the concert's over he's still standing there like in a daze staring at the stage and part of me was like oh like i i had a, a brief thought like i hate that i had this thought but i was like oh mm -hmm. well if he's supposed to be like the beatles Right. Like, are, are we getting a, like a Mark David Chapman situation going yes, on? Yes, yes. Yeah. For a minute, I was like, where is this going? But it turned out yeah. not to have been that. Yeah, because the, the person seems kind of sinister and yeah, and you don't know what the deal is. Exactly. I was like... And, and and this guy keeps popping up throughout the movie. And there's there's also a woman who keeps popping up throughout the movie. Who it's, a woman? A thing. I know. Yeah. Well, women can be stalkers too, Darren. What? It's, it's, 20, it's 2023. Women can be anything they want to be, including stalking famous rock stars. Hmm. Thanks a lot, Obama. <laughs> <laughs> that makes no sense. No, no, but it was cute. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, so he's having, like, all the success come to him. And then and uh, Kate McKinnon comes in. She introduces herself. She's like, I'm Ed Sheeran's manager, and I'm going to make you a record deal, and you... We, you are going to record these songs and we will release that, those songs and we will take most of the money. This is pretty much how she phrases it. Uh, yeah, she plays the uh, manager, Deborah Hammer. I don't know if that's based off of anybody or not, but, you know. Uh, Kevin Kinning does a good job. She doesn't mm -hmm. kind of go over the top or anything like that or, you know. Yeah, she doesn't get too hammy or anything, but I yeah, mean, yeah. She's, it's a broader role in the movie. I mean, she is sort of... Well, I mean, the movie's sort of a comedy, but... She so she's sort of the most comic relief character, I guess. Oh, I would say her and um, uh, Jack's friend Rocky. Oh who, yeah, yeah. He's like kind of like the stoner kind of goofball, and like I think like yeah. he, he like him and Jack have known each other for a while. We actually see that they reconnect at a Michael Kiwanuka concert where he's supposed to be his roadie for Michael Kiwanuka, and he mm -hmm. immediately gets fired because he forgot to give Michael's guitar during a, a show. And we see, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, like he's also, he's also gives a little uh, comedic effect uh, as well. Yeah, yeah. Is uh, and and he he goes on the road with Jack when uh, Ellie, uh, whose day job is a school teacher, she doesn't want to go with. She was like, I can't leave my job to go on the road with you on this short notice. I've got a, you know, I've got a day job. Yeah, I got got to take care of these kids. Yeah. And, and, you know, Jack and Ellie have a thing going on. Like, the movie was much more about their love story 
than I was expecting. I was I was expecting to be much more about the this alternate world where the Beatles never existed. Uh, yeah. But yeah, the movie is much more focused on are Jack and Ellie going to get together? And I was just like, I I don't know if I care if they are getting together. <laughs> yeah, I I think that's the one thing about like uh, this film. I was like kind of iffy on just because. Yeah, well, for one thing, it does have this really interesting premise about what what would a world be like if the Beatles never existed. It doesn't really right. explore it all that much. No, I wanted to know. I wanted to know more about that, about how the culture and history were different, and it it didn't feel like they put a whole lot of thought into that. It was just kind of random things like, yeah, cigarettes don't exist, and Coca Cola doesn't exist, and I'm like. Well, why? Because Coca Cola predates the Beatles. <laughs> yeah, and like, uh, and another thing, like I noticed, like it seemed like it, it seemed like uh, they kind of sped through the movie a little bit, uh-huh. like the scene where, like, like we, it's all right. So the movie starts off. We learn he's a struggling musician. He gets into an accident. Uh, the Beatles don't exist, and then he goes off and takes their songs and becomes, you know, becomes a big star. That all happens mm-hmm. like within the first twenty minutes of the movie. And like there doesn't yeah. seem to be that much, like I guess character building or giving us something to, you know, differentiate the characters or make us care about the characters. It, it kind of moves a little bit too fast to pace. It doesn't really sit in any scene too much. Yeah, yeah. I think I think he was supposed to be just be an instant success because like the 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 idea is that these songs are so good they would be hits in any time or any place and. I don't know. I, I don't know if I, I can totally go along with that. I mean, yeah, mm. the Beatles are amazing and most everyone loves them. And I, I don't doubt that if those songs somehow didn't exist and they were released today, I think some of them would do very well. But some of them, I think, are very much of their time and place, you know? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I don't know if a lot of those Beatles songs would uh, slap in 2019, yeah. as the kids say. Yeah, yeah. I don't like if you did like "I Want You." She's so heavy. I I don't see people getting into that. <laughs> yeah, that don't work on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> um. I mean, they did. They did have a funny thing. There, there's a thing where like Ed Sheeran coming comes back into the movie, and Jack is working on "Hey Jude," and Ed Sheeran says suggests that he change it to "Hey Dude" because it's more <laughs> universal. Hey, dude. And yeah, so I mean, it's you know, it's 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 kind of cute. It is. It's kind of cute. It's it's kind of it's. I don't know. It's it's it's. Yeah, I would say that about the whole movie. The whole movie is. Just yeah, I cute. I I was expecting to like the movie more than I did, and I I generally liked it, but I wasn't. I didn't. I wasn't swept away by it or anything like that. And yeah, I I really think they needed to do more to sort of flesh out the character a little bit more and maybe give them a little bit more depth and yeah. like make us care about them more and care about the relate. Cause if the movie's all about the relationship between uh, Jack and Ellie, like I kind of yeah. wanted to feel the, the electricity between them a little bit more, the, or just know more about the two of them as people. In order yeah, they're, to be they're more invested. very vaguely defined. I thought, I mean, we know they've known each other for a long time and like, uh, you know, apparently they had feelings for each other, but neither one really made a move. Yeah, it um, seems it seems like she had more feelings for him than he yeah. did for her. Because, uh, yeah, there is a point where uh, they're you know they're they're having they're at a going away party because he's about to go away to L.A. 
Yes. And, um, you know, you be a big star. Super music star. And and guest star on the James Corden show. On, Ooh, on big the time. The Late Late Show with James Corden, which, you know, I mean, that's the dream. Absolutely. Big time, my friend. Big time. And, uh, yeah, so then we see that Ellie gets crazy drunk, and then she, like, says, hey, how come, you know, I've always really liked you. How come you never made a move on me? And he was like, wait, what? Like, yeah. Because, yeah. like, we're like brother and sister. And... Yeah. And he's like, why are you springing this on me right before I leave? Yeah, it should have let me. And then, you know, she was like, yeah, you had like, you, like, dude, you could have made, you should have made, I've been waiting for you to make your move and you never did. I like, which, and that was another thing I, I don't know, maybe it was a little unbelievable too. Cause like when she was first introduced in yeah. the film, I thought, oh, that's his girlfriend and slash manager. And then they right. say, oh, yeah, no, we never hooked up. I was like, oh, well, Hmm, okay. Why not? Why like she's his manager then. <laughs> yeah, because she's like, well, she's... that's a lot to do if you're not already with somebody, you know? Yeah, that's true. Because like, yeah, she's like been there by your side through your crappy gig. She's really cute, dude. Make do something. <laughs> yeah, it's... make a move, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it. I mean, it's weird and. I wouldn't say that either one of them has too many character traits outside of, I mean, I, I never got any idea of like, Oh, you know, why should these people be together? Why are they good together? You know, do they have any common interests? Do they have like any private jokes? I mean, it's very vaguely defined. I thought. Yeah. I mean, I think they sort of get into it like through the fact that they both really love music and she believes mm -hmm. in him and his music. Uh, apparently like she believed in him all through ever since they were kids and he sang uh Oa Wonderwall by Oasis at a right at a you know at a talent show which that's another thing I thought they would come back to that and he would be playing Wonderwall like somewhere throughout this movie and he never does was, no uh, no they didn't yeah they yeah. didn't really do that because like um, they referenced it twice so I was like oh so he's gonna play Wonderwall at some point to like win her back and like and, uh, never did that Hmm. You know, it's funny, like, th this movie, it was written by Richard Curtis, uh, but apparently it was, it started out with another screenwriter, um, where, where, where's their name, uh, uh, an American writer, Jack Barth, he wrote a, a 2012 screenplay called Cover Version, and it was, it was the same basic concept, uh, but, you know, he, where Jack finds himself in a world without Beatles songs, but apparently in that version, he wouldn't he was not able to sell he was not able to become a success and then richard curtis kind of like took that premise and wrote his own version mm. uh and he said he, and he claims he did not read the original script interesting yeah okay. um but uh, and it says on wikipedia according to barth the final film includes many elements of his screenplay including uh well he maybe i shouldn't say that as a bit of a spoiler okay <laughs> um Including a, a a thing towards the end, a, a, a significant person that shows up towards the end. Mm -hmm. um, Wink. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I it might be more interesting if he has the Beatles songs and he's not successful with them. I I, I think they well, I mean, they kind of like uh, played around with that idea a little bit in the beginning, where yeah, like he's playing these you know long and winding road or whatever in front of people and no one cares, right? And then he's like, oh, wow. So it is, it's not the music. It's me. People don't want to hear this shit from me. It's, right, right. Which and, kind of, you know, opens up a whole And he has movie. a thing where he has a scene where he's meeting with an American 
uh, record company, and we we see um, Lamorne Morris from New Girl. Yes, <laughs> uh, I didn't know he was in the movie, and he and he has a kind of a funny thing where he's like, "Okay, well, we we thought about some of your suggested album titles, and you know they're not that great. Like the White Album, that didn't test well racially. Um, yeah." Abbey Road, we don't we don't care for. Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band is just way too long. Right. Um, uh, White Album has diversity issues. Yeah, yeah, that that was how they phrase it: diversity issues. Nice. <laughs> um, that was cute. I wish there was like maybe a little more of that sort of thing. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Like I could have. I mean, yeah, because you you've introduced this really crazy premise, right? And it's now kind of like a background to this sort of meat and potatoes rom-com yeah and it's like oh i could i could see that sort of story in in most any other movie i could see that story in other movies from richard curtis i I actually i actually just recently watched another movie uh that was written and directed by richard curtis called about time Ooh, uh with um Oh, I'm forgetting the name of the the lead actor, but Rachel McAdams was the lead actress in that, and it and it was, it also had like an interesting sort of science fictional premise where this this guy discovers that he can, he and all the males in his family can travel through time. Oh, sweet! At will, and he discovers this um, around the time he discovers this, he meets Rachel McAdams and he falls head over heels for her because you know Rachel McAdams. And they know, and uh, but then then he inadvertently disrupts their first meeting, and then she's with another guy. So he like then uses his time travel ability to go back in time a week and kind of give them another first meeting. Oh. And there and there's all sorts of complications that ensue from that. And I really liked it. It's a really good movie. It's on uh, Amazon Prime right now. Oh, okay. Um, uh, Rachel McAdams and Domhnall Gleeson. Domino Gleason, that was it. Yes, well, yes, okay. and they they were both very good. It's a very good movie. Um, okay. So, so you know, I like I like that one a lot more. So I was really looking forward to seeing this one because I was like, oh, cool, Richard Curtis wrote this one too. Or, I, I bet it's in the same vein. And uh, eh, not not so much. <laughs> Meh, not so much. Yeah, I mean that one. I I was swept up in the romance more. Right, because I think they probably took more time with the with the two protagonists and sort of yes. made you care about their their love and their romance. Yes, yes. Whereas, they, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's just a question of chemistry of the actors. I I think it's also a question of the writing, but uh, yeah. Right. No, I hear you. Uh, yeah, I kind of wish they. I I don't know. Like, I mean, they sort of. I don't know. What what this movie? It kind of. Hmm. Let me see how I'm trying to say this. I'm, 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 I'm perplexed by this movie, it seems. Like. <laughs> I think I think we both thought it was okay. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was okay and charming, but I was like, yeah. again, you have this awesome premise and you could have really explored yeah. it, but you kind of didn't. And like, I, I mean, they I show... there were more complications along the way. You yeah, know? I mean, I guess the complications sort of come in the form of Jack sort of being... Uh, burden with the guilt of knowing he's a fraud and he's just yeah you know using other people's songs because uh, like you said with the uh, lamar Moore uh uh meeting like his uh, mm-hmm. pr people they want to they want to uh, what you call it they want to put him out there as like the, you know the one man 
one man only. All these songs are written by yeah. just one man. All this right. art, all this music, all this beauty is created just by this one man. And one man alone. He's writing them all himself. He's playing all the instruments himself. He's 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 doing it all. Right. Yeah. And it's causing him all this pressure because he knows he's a phony. I think he's yeah. have he's having nightmares where he's on James Corden and like uh Ringo and Paul come out to confront him. Right. Uh which I thought was a nice little thing. Like they don't show Ringo and Paul coming out, but you just see their feet, you see one person in shoes, you see one person barefoot, which right. is a nod to the Abbey Road album cover. It's like, oh that's right. cute. Where Paul was barefoot. Yes, Paul is gone. Miss him, miss him. And uh it's uh so like they more it more kind of leans in on that part where it's just like the, like him him knowing he's living this lie it's like slowly starting to tear him apart mhm mhm yeah yeah he he's conflicted about it i mean cuz he i don't know he he doesn't really maliciously start ripping off the songs but he i mean at first he's just kind of playing them just cuz they're good songs i mean he 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 plays yesterday for his his friends after he gets out of the hospital after his accident. Right. And everyone's like, well, what is that? And then at first he sincerely thinks they're playing a joke on him. Mm. And then he discovers, Oh no, it's not. And then he just <laughs> kind of goes with it and starts playing the Beatles songs himself. Right. And then, uh, I think I, then Kate McKinnon offers him, uh, a, like a drink from the poison chalice of money and fame. As she oh puts yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah, she, there's a scene where she's like, "Oh yes, you have to actually say you want a drink from the poison chalice." Yes, which is <laughs> pretty apt description of it. Yeah, I mean, it's very on the nose, but uh, you know, they play it well. That's right. That's why I stay away from money and fame, people. I don't don't want to be poisoned by it. We're keeping it real, son. That's right? Yeah, I'm doing this podcast yeah. out of my closet. <laughs> I keep it real. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. So all like he's kind of going through all these things. This woman who he's starting to realize yeah. now he's in love with, um, who he can't have because he's all involved in this, you know, this his this musical career that is Fame. all yeah, all yeah. fabricated, all built on a lie, and so it's uh, doing a number on our on our uh, hero. You know, another thing the movie like never addresses is. The fact that the guy has a limited pool of material, you know, because the Beatles were together for like 10 years and right. they did what, like nine albums or like less than a dozen, I think, altogether. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And he's burning through that material awfully damn quickly. It really? I, is. I mean, I think the movie just spans like a few months the timeline's very vague but <laughs> right yeah but he's but he's burning through that shit fast like he's gonna have to do some magical mystery tours shit if he he's, at this rate. I mean, he's, he's gonna have to go into like you know the solo albums like some b-sides <laughs> yeah yeah like oh how does uh i got my mindset on you go again yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. do something like that um, he's gonna be singing some wings Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, we're so sorry, Uncle Albert. Oh. Well, this isn't quite as good as the other stuff now, is it? <laughs> How about this? Live and let die. Yeah, like okay, who who did the theme song to that Bond movie in this in this world? Mm. We don't know. Maybe but I I'd, I'd I'd love for them to get into that. Yeah, maybe Ed Sheeran? I don't know. He's available. Yeah. 
He's available. I don't uh, think he was alive yet when that movie came out, but... Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure, okay. what, whatever. Whatever. What, what, whatever. A lot of things don't make sense in this movie. Cigars, I know, I know. Cigars yeah. don't exist. Whatever. Uh, yeah, so then he... Um, I think the, the the label is pressuring him to, you know, uh, have this, like, big reveal, this big concert for his new upcoming album. And he right. Decides... They, they release his songs on the internet first with no videos or anything, and everybody's just going nuts for the songs. Yeah, so he yeah, wants building up the hype for him, right? So he wants to hold, he wants to do uh, a premiere for his album, like on this on the rooftop of this old hotel that closed down years ago, and then then they right. flash back and so that the ho- it was a hotel he was supposed to play at back when Ellie was his manager, but the hotel closed and now they're reopening, so he wants to do the show there. Um, then of course his parents show up to wish him luck. Uh, he has a really nice relationship with his parents, I thought, which is pretty sweet too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and then Ellie shows up. Of course, Ellie lets him know that uh, she's been seeing someone. Uh, You've been course. seeing Gavin, who who yeah. helped record the songs. And and like when she said, "I've been seeing Gavin," I I had a moment where I was like, "Who is Gavin again?" I <laughs> I did not remember that that person's name was Gavin. And when he shows up later, I was like, "Oh, that guy." Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, bowl cut. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the ginger who's not Ed Sheeran. Okay, yeah. yes. All right. Okay. Got it. Ginger number two. <laughs> right. <laughs> Secondary uh, ginger. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so then as he's he's performing on the rooftop, he's playing, of course, the song Help. And he yeah. has a bit of a meltdown just because he sees his the woman he loves with some other dude and all the pressures coming from the label and the manager and the fact that he knows he's living a lie and the fact that uh, the two people that have been following him, following him, are in the audience staring at him, and of course, you know the song "Help" is fuck, more than perfect for the the mindset he's yeah. going through right now. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he like basically has like a little bit of a meltdown and you know screams, "Help me, please!" And but everybody thinks it's part of the act, and he just said it. When he's done, he just kind of goes back and uh, you know just he kinda... gets back to where he once belonged. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Loretta fan. Uh, that's all I remember. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> see, <laughs> see, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Right. No. I mean, it's. Get look, back. We watched, we watched the documentary. We we know it's not easy to write those songs. Get back, Loretta. <laughs> that was it. There we go. Your mama's waiting for you. <laughs> and a high heel shoes and a low neck sweater. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so he's ba- he's backstage now. Uh, cooling down after his meltdown, and then the two uh, weirdos in the audience, uh, you know, the guy from the concert and the woman that's... Yeah. Oh, yeah, there was also... Who who keeps showing up in crowds and stuff, and... Right. Like, you see him just enough to, like, kind of remember him from one time to the next, but they never have any dialogue or anything until they they confront him backstage. Right. And there's also, like, a woman who's been following him, too, because he also makes... Like, in this movie, he makes a trip to Liverpool, because he said he... Needs to go there for inspiration. He goes to Strawberry Fields. He goes to Penny Lane. He goes to the the church where Eleanor Rigby is buried. Right. And, and the woman just kind of follows him and sees him. So, yeah. So, both of those people come and see him. And then they are like, oh, yeah. we." And then they kind of confront him and say, yeah, we remember the Beatles, too. We're like, we know you're doing all the Beatles songs. And for some reason, mm-hmm. we're the only three people that remember the Beatles. Right. And uh, I thought that maybe they would do something like, 
you know, call him out and threaten to go public with it or yeah, threaten to expose him as a fraud. But they're like, no, no, we like that what you're doing. It's it's good to have the yeah. music out there. It's just nice to hear those songs again, and it's nice that we that we're not the only people who remember them. So right. So I was like, oh, okay. So they're letting him off the hook. Okay, this is this is sweet. Yeah. It, it, it's sweet. I mean, there's no real conflict or anything. It's no, just, no. It's just like, oh, my my stalkers are two really nice people. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I guess they're I, I guess they're needed for the next part of the movie where the woman yeah gives uh Jack uh this address on a piece of paper. Yeah. Uh, and Jack takes it. He looks at it. He drives out to the address. It's a house in the middle of nowhere by the ocean. Yeah. And uh, knocks on the door. Knocka, knocka, knocka. Yeah. And uh, John Lennon opens it. <laughs> 78-year-old John Lennon. Yes. And, uh, um, wow. Pretty, well, it, it's, an, it's an uncredited Robert Carlyle playing John Lennon. And it's all, you know, and he's, of course, older than John Lennon lived to be because he was unfortunately killed at age 40. Um, they did a pretty good job of making him look like what an older John Lennon would look like though. Yeah, I he didn't I don't know if he he didn't quite sound like John Lennon though, which I thought No, he didn't. Yeah, cuz like, you know, John Lennon sounds like this. Yeah, he didn't, the... didn't know the Liverpool accent, you know. Yeah, he sounded... I, I don't know what that was about, but uh, yeah. <laughs> what have you got? I mean, maybe I I mean, I can't he almost sounded American to me. <laughs> A little bit. He sounded like a little bit more like grizzled. And, yeah. And yeah, I don't know what the deal was with that. I don't. I was like, oh, can Robert Carlyle not do a John? L-? I just assumed everybody from the UK can do a John Lennon accent. Yeah, that's sure. Just, I mean, yeah, I, my... mean, I think it's one of the things they have to do to keep their citizenship. Yeah, it's just my dumb American brain. It's like, oh, y'all can do that, right? Talk, <laughs> talk like the Johnny Lennons. Yeah, and and he he talks to John Lennon, and he just kind of finds out that. Yeah, like this John Lennon was apparently never a musician, but he's but he's happy in his life. Yeah, he's he's just like a regular dude. Yeah, it's just like paints and uh, stuff yeah. and does like old man stuff. Yeah, and, he, and yeah. apparently he's happily married. They never say to whom. Uh, yeah, what, I mean, would John Lennon have even met Yoko Ono if he didn't become famous? Uh I don't think so, right? Because I mean, probably not. I guess so. Yeah. Maybe that's why they were vague with it, or yeah, like I don't. I don't know. This movie's vague about a lot of things. Yeah, lot... yeah, very, very vague. You just, you just, it's very, yeah, it's very vague. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, and of course, you know, John Lennon gives him some nice advice. You know, tell the truth, tell the girl you love that you love her, and that's you know, that's, yeah, that's the secret to a happy life, my friend. Yeah, and uh, and, and... yeah. Yeah, and and at one point Jack says like, "Oh, can I hug you? It's so amazing that you made it to seventy eight. And it is, it is kind of touching. It is, it is it, nice, and yeah, it is, it is. It's very it touching. Is, it is kind of a sweet moment. It is because it's I mean, it's John Lennon, man. I mean, my God, he's yeah, he yeah. made so much to so many. That's R.I.P. Yeah, uh, yeah. So at this point, uh, Jack is kind of you know come to this realization. He wants to give up living the lie. He uh, talks to his buddy Ed Sheeran, and Ed, sure. and, uh, Ed Sheeran has this huge... I mean, as you do when you're faced with any major life decision. Yeah. <laughs> you talk to Ed Sheeran. W-W-E-S-D. Yes. 
that's what it's on my bracelet. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so uh, Ed Sheeran agrees to, you know, yeah, you can do some time on my uh, concert, say whatever you got to say and whatnot, uh, perform whatever you got to perform. Uh, he has he puts his, his friend Rocky in and tells Rocky to invite Ellie to the concert and then to bring her backstage after you know when he's on stage for you know a little certain something. Uh, yeah, yeah, and then um, and then and he like puts her face on the jumbotron. Yeah, you know, because everybody likes that without warning. Yeah, and then you know somehow she doesn't see a camera pointing at her at all. Um, <laughs> it's it's like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how he sets this up without her noticing at all. But you know, it's a, <laughs> okay. You know, movie's gonna movie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And at this point, he admits to everybody in. Uh, well, he, he admits two things. He he says he loves Ellie. He admits that he loves right. her, and even though Ellie's boyfriend is right there in the audience. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of a dick move. Um, kinda, kinda. Yeah. Yeah, you know, maybe don't make the big public declaration when they're dating someone else. Yeah. Because <laughs> that really puts everyone on the spot. Um, yeah. Even at the, oh, we'll jump ahead. Even at the end where, like, mm-hmm. uh, when Gavin confronts him, he's like, yeah, you know, I always knew I was second best. It, it's okay, man. It, like, he seems yeah, very like okay. Everyone, everyone just takes things so well in this movie. Every Everybody takes everything in <laughs> No one gets pissed off for any reason at any time. Yeah, everybody's so mellow. <laughs> and there and there aren't even any cigarettes. None. I <laughs> mean there's no there's no is there no pot in this world? <laughs> How is everybody so mellow with no pot? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean there's just so many moments in this movie where it's like you'd think there would be some sort of conflict but everyone's just sort of like, "Eh, okay, well, whatever." Yeah, that's a th- that that was more unrealistic to me than like anything else, like the way yeah. that everybody's just like, "Oh yeah, no, it's cool." And I cause again another thing that happened. He uh, when he's on stage, he admits to everybody that all the songs that he's written and performed were not his. He he comes they, clean. They were not written by him. Yeah, yeah. He comes clean. And said they were written by John, John Lennon, Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, and George Harrison, otherwise known as the Beatles. Uh, right. I did not do any of these songs, and I would like to give away all my songs for free. I don't want to take any money yeah. for my songs. And and so he has Rocky like instantly upload all his songs to the internet to free to uh, for free to give them back to the world. Yeah. Um, and so uh, some so so the guy's like uploading like dozens of songs, and he does it in seconds. And first off, amazing internet connection. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> How do you like? I mean, yeah, I, I don't get, I don't get that. <laughs> but again, movie. Yeah, it just it just happens so quickly, and even after he admits he's a fraud, like the audience seems kind of cool with it. They're like, "No, it's okay. We still love you, man." It's yeah, just, we we know you're a good person. And I was like, "Why? Why? Everybody's okay with him just creating like this George Santos type." fraud in front of everybody i guess there wasn't a millie vanilli in this world there wasn't you know i guess ashley simpson didn't go on thursday night live and have her little lip syncing incident (laughs) i mean people people don't take that shit well yeah it's i don't know it was i was like wow everybody's seen everybody's really pretty chill in this universe 
Yeah. Every, everyone's super mellow. <laughs> yeah, everybody's like, hey, it's cool, baby. It's cool. <laughs> oh, you... Oh, you you uh you you said you were like this artist, and but there were actually other people's songs. That's all right. It happens, man. You do what you do. Baby. It happens. I mean, I mean, who among us? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it seems like the only person that's really upset, of course, is um, Kate McKinnon's character, Deborah Hammer, who right. like tries to bum rush the stage, but of course is stopped by Rocky. And yeah. uh, then at this point, we see Ellie and Jack meet up backstage. And um, mm-hmm. they just kind of run away together with uh, Gavin's blessing, who, again, is super cool with Jack just stealing his girlfriend like that. I, I, I don't get that. Like, whenever whenever there's a moment like that in a movie, I'm just like, that. that is just... all the BS. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I remember, I haven't, I haven't seen this movie in, I, probably since it was originally released, but I remember at the end of Sleepless in Seattle they did that where like Meg Ryan, she dumps, I think it was her fiance and it was Greg Kinnear. And then Greg Kinnear, like within minutes after getting dumped, he's like, Oh, you should go meet Tom Hanks at the top of the empire state building. You have to. And I'm like, there is no guy in the world who would do that. Yeah. That's (laughs) after you just broke off your engagement, he would be like, no F you (laughs) F that guy. I hope you burn in hell. Yeah, I'm go. I'm going off to to hook up with some other rando and go yeah. and uh, go have a nice life. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I mean, uh, Gavin. Gavin should at least like you know punch him in the face or knock his teeth out or so- something, dude. Yeah, he just like just takes it like a cuck, bro. <laughs> yeah, that? yeah. It's... Uh, yeah. It, it, it's weird, you know. It, it, I, I think part of the reason there there wasn't any like conflict about this was okay. You know how I said this was originally a screenplay by uh, Jack Barth called Cover Version. Uh, he said uh, it says here on the Wikipedia page for the film. Uh, Barth complained that uh, Richard Curtis had taken sole credit for the screenplay and damaged him financially. He felt that Curtis had changed the story to make Jack a successful songwriter as a reflection of Curtis's own career. Uh, he met Rowan Atkinson at Oxford. He came out of Oxford and immediately rode Rowan Atkinson to huge success in his early 20s. He's never been knocked out, as far as I know. Why wouldn't Jack become the most successful songwriter in the world? Hmm. So, yeah, maybe it's kind of like Richard Curtis, either consciously or unconsciously, writing about himself. Because it's like, yeah, that's how it works. You you just start, you don't struggle much, and then you become super successful for decades on it. <laughs> that's how it goes. That's how it goes. That's that's how fame works, kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. So I mean, at the end of this movie, it's Ellie and Jack running off, and you know, yeah. making love, and you know, getting married and having kids, and they live happily ever after. And apparently, Jack doesn't. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, apparently... he like goes back to teaching. Yeah, they say a few times like, he's like he used to teach. Um, and we see him playing uh, Obladi Oblada to like some uh, some grade school kids. Yeah, and apparently he's like not a rock star anymore, and apparently he hasn't faced any uh, legal ramifications for the the huge amount of fraud he committed by portraying to be another artist, and no backlash. Yeah. Everything's cool, man. Yeah, everything's groovy, baby. Funky movie. I mean, I yeah. I didn't dislike it, but I. I just, 
I feel like they had some missed opportunities, I guess. Yeah, I think it's it's a pleasant enough movie. It's yeah. you know, it's very syrupy sweet. Yeah. And uh but yeah, it's uh, I think there was like a few reviews that I saw. There was one that like I think kind of captured how I felt about it. Let me see if I can find it. Okay. Uh, okay, yeah. On, well, on Rotten Tomatoes, the uh, website critics' uh, consensus, consensus reads, yesterday may fall short of fab, but the end result is still a sweetly charming fantasy with an intriguing, albeit somewhat underexplored, premise. Mm, Which, yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, like it's it's a sweet enough movie. It's, you know cool and um oh uh peter bradshaw of the guardian says although this film can be a bit hokey and uncertain on narrative development the puppyish zest and fun summed up by curtis and boyle carry it along i, huh. I would say that it's, it's a charming enough movie but it's yeah. like um yeah it's an interesting premise they really should have i wish i really wish they would have explored that premise more yeah i i, I would have liked more of that just because I find the premise of a timeline without the Beatles much more intriguing than just some bland love story. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, um, uh, I did. I, I did find another interesting uh, review of the movie. This is on the IMDb trivia page. It says, uh, "When Sir Paul McCartney heard about the movie, he thought it was a dumb idea until he found out the director was Danny Boyle. He politely declined an invitation to the screening." but instead sneaked into a theater to see it while he was on vacation in the Hamptons with his wife. Ooh. He said, we're in the Hamptons in the summer and there it was. <laughs> so we got two tickets and walked in when the cinema went dark. Only a couple of people saw us. We were in the back row giggling away, especially at all the mentions of me. A couple of people in front of us spotted us, but everyone else was watching the film. We loved it. So, you know, well, Paul McCartney liked it. Oh my God, John! Did you hear that? Paul McCartney was on the podcast just now. You just missed I him. I know. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. Wowzers! Yeah. Wow, we like the film. Um, yeah, and it, it, it's interesting that they built this around the all the Beatles music. Um, and it says on the trivia page they had zero. The Beatles had zero input creatively outside of approving of their music being used in the film. And apparently, it wasn't even that tough because it wasn't they weren't using the beatles performances of them it was just other people performing the songs so oh i didn't even know that yeah i was i was wondering like like legally how troubling or how much of an issue was to be to get the right to all those beatles songs i mean that must have cost uh it it says legally they only needed sony atv's permission to use the beatles songs sony being the the holder of the publishing rights on principle they also sought the blessings of paul mccartney ringo Starr, yoko ono and olivia harrison for the film okay so i mean so it's nice that they did that uh yeah absolutely and uh speaks well of them um and also uh the uh himesh patel who played jack did all his own singing and playing in the movie as well yeah yeah, he can carry it too he he did a nice job i mean uh they don't stray too far from the Beatles versions. I mean, like his version of help is kind of different. That's probably the most different of any of the ones we hear in the movie. But... Yeah. It's like a more fast paced, like punk rock type of version yeah. of it a little bit. Yeah. But, um, and... yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, another interesting bit of trivia about this movie is it's the subject of a lawsuit. Right oh, now. Do, yeah. te- do tell. 
Okay, so I asked you about if you knew about this before we started recording, and you hadn't heard about this. So nope. I'm going to lay some knowledge on you, Darren. S- school me, daddy-o. Um, there, there are a couple of people who are suing over the fact that Ana de Armas was not in this movie. She she had a part in the movie. Okay. And she was cut out of the final film, but she was in the trailer. And so they are like suing the studio because they're like, this is false advertising. Um they they rented the film on Amazon Prime and they're they're deeply disappointed that Anna Diarmas did not show up at any point. At, you know, as one is. Um okay. you're all you're all pumped to see potentially two hours of Anna Diarmas and you're robbed. So, <laughs> oh, oh, John. Um, yeah, but, that's, yeah. Wow. So, so yeah, her, her character and the whole subplot involving her were just left on the cutting room floor and they're actually suing over this. And this is, uh, this, this is not, I don't think this is resolved yet, but, oh, wow. but it's, it's kind of interesting because it could have ramifications for how truthful movie trailers could be like, uh, you know, can you, can you not put in something that didn't end up in the final cut of the movie? I mean, it seems kind of frivolous, but I, I do get it. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, you know, you know, Marvel movies and DC movies kind of do that all the time where yeah, they put true. in something that you, you know, like, uh, I mean, I didn't see Morbius, but I know there's like supposed to be that scene where like Spider-Man is on a, like Morbius is walking by a poster of Spider-Man and that scene is totally, not in the movie at all from what I've heard, but uh-huh. it is in the trailer. Uh, it, I mean, it has happened before. It is annoying when they do yeah. that. Uh, I mean, false advertising, maybe, I guess you could say. But, like, but I don't know. It's, I don't know, it's definitely uh, kind of troubling, I guess. Or it's, it's a, yeah, you know. yeah. I mean, especially, so, if, like, you know, if you go in a movie, expect to see Honor the Armist, and you don't get Honor the Armist, I... You know, I know. I mean, it's the principle of the thing. That's it's, right. Uh, <laughs> Damn straight. You know, you you implicitly promise some Anna Diarmas. You you want to see Anna Diarmas at least, if only for a few minutes. Yes, exactly. I came here to see that beautiful, beautiful woman, and all I yeah. all I get is uh, you know, Beatles songs. Yeah, I love Beatles songs, but one on Anna Diarmas. Okay, this is weird. Okay, uh, yes, it's two guys. Who filed this lawsuit? Because of course, it of is. course it is. <laughs> Women don't but do shit is, like this. Women are one like one is based in Maryland and one is based in California. So how do these two guys find each other? <laughs> the honesty, honor the arm is the chat rooms. I'm assuming. Do they have some support group? <laughs> I. It would not surprise me. I want to. I want to hear this story. Let's make a movie about how these two guys found each other and decided to go into this lawsuit. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna. They they had to have met through Reddit on some some Reddit page. Yeah, that, that tracks. Yeah, some honor the Armist support group. Yeah, I thought she'd be in the movie. She wasn't in it, and I felt so betrayed, so hurt. I I just didn't know what to do. I, mean, I, I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. You know, I can only rent knives out so many times. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the Marilyn Monroe Blonde movie wasn't out yet, so what what can I do? I'm a, I'm a wreck. <laughs> I'm a total wreck. My wife left my kids left me. My wife left me. <laughs> I got nothing. 
That's so weird. Yeah, and I, you know, I her her deleted scene. It is on the the Blu-ray that I got, and I watched that. She's like another guest on the James Corden show, and James Corden is like, "Oh, since you're such an amazing songwriter, Jack, why don't you write a song on the spot about uh, Anna Diarmas's character Roxanne?" And I'm watching this at first, and I'm thinking like. Oh, are they going to have a joke where he like just writes the police song Roxanne? I would, I yeah. That's... Uh, but no, he he writes the the song something, the George Harrison song something. Oh, um, okay. And of course, she's incredibly moved by that, and she like kisses him on the cheek. And oh. apparently, I I think there was some sort of romantic subplot between the characters after that, oh. but I guess they didn't like him being uh, uh, cheating or, or flirting with another woman. Because you know that that might lead to actual conflict in your movie. God knows we can't have that. Yeah, that'll that'll give your movie stakes. Who wants that? <laughs> I know. Get rid of that stakes. We're all yeah. this is a vegan movie. I mean, because honestly, if you if you did a movie and and the main protagonist like cheated on his girlfriend or pseudo girlfriend with Anna Diarmas, I'd be like, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I, I mean it's Anna Diarmas. I mean, holy moly. Yeah, That's, I mean, who among us? <laughs> I mean, oh boy, I'm sweating just thinking about it. Yeah, I, I think a good ninety-five percent of people, uh, dudes in that situation, would would make that decision. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah. Oh boy, and uh, yeah, I guess that's the episode, guys. I guess uh, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yesterday, it's it's a movie. It's. It's, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's, it's all right. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, not as interesting as it could have been, but yeah. You know. Yeah. Say a lot. What you gonna do? What you gonna so, do when it come for you? Yeah, I, I might have been more disappointed if I'd actually gone to the theater and seen this, but you know, I I borrowed it from the library, so I I don't feel like. Too cheated. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sue anybody or anything. Right. No harm, no foul. Yeah, you're not gonna get on the, on the uh, yesterday oh. movie uh, chat rooms and try to right. find. Right. I'm not gonna go to the the Anna Diarmas support group. Right. You know, because because I got to see the deleted scene, so I'm I'm fine. I got my money's worth. Yes, exactly. Uh, but yeah, that's the episode, guys. Thanks for listening as always. Uh, thanks for supporting a little <laughs> podcast. Uh, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at SNL Nerds Show. And you can follow uh, me on Twitter and Instagram at Darren Credible. That's D-A-R-I-N Credible. And you can follow me on Twitter and the Instagram at Trumbull Comic. T-R-U-M-B-U-L-L, the word comic. Mm -hmm. That's how you find me. That's how you do it. uh, Yeah. And and please, uh, you know, go check out the other podcasts on the uh, non-productive network. We We got some other cool stuff. And, you know, if you want to help keep this show going you can you can donate to our patreon just go to non-productive.com and you can you can find us there and tell them you're contributing money for the snl nerds to keep the snl nerds going yep non-productive.com for all your non-productive needs yes and all your snl nerds needs so and next week snl's back we got we got aubrey plaza we got sam smith yeah, this is uh, interesting. Like, I, I, I feel good about this one. I think this is going to be a hot time. I mean, like, you, well, all right, let me, let me temper I that. have high hopes for Aubrey Plaza as a host. I think she's, at the very least, she is going to be an interesting host. I agree. I think she's going to be an interesting host. I just hope that the material is there for her. Because yeah. normally, 
the first episode back from a break is usually uh, the the wobblier of it. The you know the the one where it's like oh they're they're still not they're not quite there just yet. Yeah, true, true. So um, that's that's my only concern. If the material is there for her, she'll knock it out the park. If not, it'll still be. It, I think it'll still be uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And Sam Smith, uh, I don't know. I don't know his stuff too well. I don't particularly like the stuff of his I've heard. Um, so, so yeah, so so stay tuned for a uh, you know a rousing uh, support of uh, for uh, Sam Smith. It's gonna be it's gonna be fantastic. Yeah, well, we'll see what he does. I'm, I'm gonna try and have an open mind, right, about it. That's right. You got to impress uh-huh. us, Sam. Bring yeah. it. Bring the heat. Bring it. Just just don't play that awful Bond theme. <laughs> oh, God. I got to listen to this Bond song. because I'm not sure. What... It, it, yeah, it's not very good. Okay. It, it's called The Writings on the Wall. Mm. Uh, it was it was a theme from Skyfall. Okay. Got yeah, because Billie Eilish did the last one. Yes. And, and you know, and, and Paul McCartney still did Live and Let Die because we, yeah. we still live in a universe of the Beatles. Of course. And, of course, Spies Like Us. And Spies Like Us. I mean, that is... <laughs> That's obviously Paul McCartney's towering achievement. That's the apex of Paul yeah. McCartney's. Yeah, imagine it, living in a world without it, spies like us. That is too horrible of a reality to contemplate. Hey, hey, what do you say? Someone took your plans away. <laughs> I don't even remember the rest oh, of the Oh, what's all the fuss? Ain't nobody but spies like us. Spies like us. Spies like us. All right, so we'll see you next week for Avi Plaza and Sam Smith. But until then, nerds out! This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablaoui. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.